Well, are you guys ready for the word? Yeah, I love it. Go to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to start with verse 3. The sermon today is called The Last Day's Church Wars Within and Wars Without. We're, how many of you know that you're living in the last day? We are. We are. And, and God was not surprised that you would be here. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, he equipped you to live in this time. So we're not, we're not without, but yet the fact that we're living in the last days does create concern because we've already read some things in our Bible and, and the days ahead, some things in the natural are quite alarming. But let's talk about it, amen? And let's see what Jesus actually said about the time we're living in. Matthew 24, verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came and said privately, tell us when will these things and what will be the sign of your coming? There are signs that he's returning and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said, take heed, no one deceive you. We covered that. Many will come in my name and say, and I am Christ, and deceive many. We spent a whole Sunday on that. And then you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. These things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. All right. Every one of us in this room, we are aware of what's happening in the earth. If you're watching TV at all or the internet, you're watching what's happening in the Middle East, many of you have already read uh, Ezekiel 38, and I think it's Isaiah uh, 14 or 17, when it says that Damascus will become a rubble. That's in Syria. And we're watching what's happening. We realize that the, the Jewish nation is preparing for war, and they have said it is coming. They know it's coming. So, you and I knowing all of this, how do we live? This is not the 50s. The songs were good. My girl, but the, this is not the 50s anymore. This is not the Red Skeleton Hour or the Aussie and Harriet show. Things have changed and things are going to continue to change. And Jesus told us this. So let's talk about war for just a minute. Let's talk about what he said. First of all, there's always been wars. There, the Revolutionary War, we had World War I, we had the Korean conflict. So even in Jesus' day, they had war. So that's not anything new. But yet he said, and we'll get into this next Sunday, he said the intensity will increase. When a woman is having a baby, we notice that the intensity of the labor increases and the, the time between rest increases until the baby comes. And so what he's saying is that there's going to be a great increase in war. Now let's read a definition of what that is. War means armed conflict, battles, skirmishes, and large-scale conflict. All right, now I want you to do me a favor. Go to Luke 21.9, turn over there, and, I, and because Luke said something or he picked up something that Matthew did not say. This is where, this is where it gets down 
to us. 21.9, and when you, but you will hear of wars and commotions. New King James uses the word commotions. And Luke decided to write that down, what Jesus said. Now that's a different word, and it means this. Instability as a result of upheavals of a social and political or, or militaristic nature. What he said is that not only there will be wars among nations, there's coming a time there's going to be a great conflict in the nation. Now, let's think about that because that right now has become the biggest issue we're facing. Now, you understand that during the war between the states, if you had on a gray suit, you shot at the guy with a blue one. If you wore a blue one, you shot at the guy in the gray one. And battles had lines. But during the Vietnam War, some of that began to change because we had men going into villages and didn't know whether the Kong were there or there were South and North Vietnamese. It was very difficult to draw a battle line. We've also seen that during the terrorist attacks, very, very hard to look out among us and tell who the bad guys are. And so that means it's starting to change. The dynamic of war and terror changes. But he said something here that we must pay attention to is that in our midst is going to be conflict. Now, that right there is going to be the battleground in our lives in the days ahead. We're watching everything from Antifa to Black Lives Matter to uh, the Republicans or the left or, uh, or, I mean, it doesn't matter, but it just seems like everywhere we go right now, we've got somebody mad at somebody. We, I've never been in a time, I mean, when I was in school, our biggest problems was chewing gum and occasionally somebody coming to school with no socks on. Pretty much that was it, you know? That's not true now. Now, when I leave the house in the morning, I check my phone, make sure my gun's loaded, and pull out into traffic. <laughs> Come on, we live in a time period unlike anything else we've ever lived in before, and the issue is going to be people in the midst of us that are all torqued. All right, now what's the answer to this? Because there is an answer. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. Please turn over to Genesis 4. We're going to do, we're going to do real good today. You're going to leave today and go, wow, I'm so glad I went to church. You may not think it right now, but you will in a minute. In the process of time... It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord, and he brought of the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. He did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? Look at the next one. If you do well... Will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you and you should rule over it. Where is conflict coming from? I want to read this to you. Many wars and conflict occur occur because people see others as a hindrance to their having a better life. Now let's do that again. Let's do it again because 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 we're going to this is where we're going to go today. You and I are going to have to deal with the conflict in you. That will be the biggest war you're going to fight. You've got to get peace in you before you ever worry about what's happening around you. And a lot of times Satan is doing everything in his power to create hell inside of you and inside of people. All right, so let's go back to this definition. War is created. What was Hitler's point? Why did we have World War II at all? Do you all know? World War II happened because World War I happened. The League of Nations said that Hitler and the Jew and the Germans caused the war and they were to pay for it. And therefore, they put sanctions on Germany. The Germans decided that the Jews were the problem and they rose up and went to war. Why? Because they had a mindset that if we could get rid of everybody that's not like us, we wouldn't have a war. We're going to eliminate the problem, and the problem is not us. Are you all out there? Did you go home? So there he wrote a book called My Struggle. Where was the war? Where did it begin? It began inside of him. And he carried it to a nation that had turmoil in the people. The people were turmoiled inside. That created turmoil over the planet. Now, we saw just now with Cain. What was Cain's deal? It wasn't Abel. But yet he thought that if I could eliminate Abel, I will be fine. Right now, I don't know whether you understand this or not. But every, it just seems like everybody on this planet has decided that someone else is, the, is hindering me from having a better life. Are they? Thank you. Say it again. No. Did Joseph have problems with his brothers? Did he kill them? Did he make it to the throne? Yes, he did. Did David have problems with Saul? Did he kill him? Did he make it to the throne? Did Jesus have problems with the Pharisees? Did he kill them? Did he make it to the throne? Yes. Yes. Your problem is not around you. If you're having a problem, it's probably inside you. The conflict that's in America today is internal. And yet nobody wants to hear, I'm the problem. If we could just eliminate all the Mexicans climbing over the fence. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a fence. But see, it's funny how every time something comes up, it's someone to blame and it's not me. But God told Cain 
Sin is lying at your door, son, and you got to conquer that before you conquer anything else. Hitler, if he had conquered the devil in him, he wouldn't be in hell right now. And he wouldn't have created hell. So the war issue, we're looking around the world. And he said, you're going to hear of wars. The, here's the problem. We're hearing more than we've ever heard because of television and the internet. We've got every skirmish on the planet going into our phone 24-7. We're hearing more turmoil than any generation has ever heard. And if you don't watch out, it will get in you and it will affect you. If we could just get all these Yankees to go home, we could pull out on the road down here and make it to work on time. I thought I'd bring this a little closer to home, you know, just... You know, there's a lot of turmoil going on around the world right now. Some of it's on 441. You didn't even have to go to overseas. Let me ask y'all a question before I get going. Has anybody in here other than me and Josh Brown ever had turmoil inside of you? Oh, yeah, baby. So I'm going to help you. Don't leave the house until you get your mask on. Amen. So Jesus said, this is going to be an issue in the last days. He left us here to help them. Right now, the Muslims think that they've got to eliminate the Jews to have a better life. Now, we're watching that and going, what? But they believe that. That's why there can be no two-state solution, because to them, we got to kill them all. Well, what happens when you kill them all and you, a mean person, are still here? All right, let's bring that closer to home. Let's say that you think your spouse is the problem. What happens when you divorce them and get someone else's problem? You understand the person you're marrying is the other person that the other one ran out because they thought they were the problem. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. By the time a man's been married twice, that's it. He just starts living with women. He don't even marry them anymore. Don't look at me. Don't know. We live in a screwed up planet. I'm aware of this. But everybody seems to be thinking that the problem is outside of me. And it might be. Definitely, it's going on around us. We're not in denial of that. That's why Jesus made the statement that he made. No one is keeping you from your destiny. No one can. I didn't say it was easy. Go to Romans 14, 7 now. Let's look at this. What's the answer? Now, as you're turning there, I'm going to go back to Matthew for a second. Now, listen to what I, I'm going to read this before I read the other. You're going to hear as of wars and rumors of wars. See that you 
are not troubled. Can you? Apparently you can because he said you can. Now think for a minute because he said all of that and then he said to you and I, you need to make sure this is not bothering you. Now, you're not, you're not going to stop a war from coming to the Middle East. You're not going to stop the next election. Pro or con. The president is not going to fix what's going on in America. He may change some things for a while. Thank God for the grace that's in the nation right now. Thank God for it. But we still had better have a revival or we're still going under. This nation, the people in it must come back to God. And that's going to start in the church. All right. He said, now I'm going to read it again before we turn. You make sure you're not troubled. That's going to be your assignment now. Because no, you're not going to help them if you're falling apart. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What are you supposed to be? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If, if the war ends, it's got to end today inside of you. You've got to deal with the conflict in you before you deal with anything else in your life. Don't worry about your wife. Don't worry about your husband. Don't worry about your kids. And don't worry about the Republicans or the Democrats. Until you get some peace going on the inside of you, you're a part of the problem. you got to get this thing fixed. He said that turmoil will rise up from inside the nation. And we're watching it. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to get worse. I ain't going to hear that. That's all right. That's why I'm here today because I'm fixing to put a mask on your face. Go to 2 Timothy 1.7. Say this with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Now, you understand that Satan's kingdom is fear personified. What is terror? What is terror? It is to terrify you. Satan is, is working overtime to terrify you. Look. At what's going on. Look at what's happening. What are you going to do now? The world is getting worse. What are you going to do? Your spouse doesn't love you. What are you going to do? You are going to lose your job. The economy is going down. What are you going to do? All of that is designed to terrify you. Jesus said, don't be troubled. How do you do that? 
Well, it's called the opposite of fear is faith. Or the opposite of faith is fear. You can't have faith in God and be in fear. So he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Fear is external. It's not internal. I don't have fear in me. I don't have to allow. I, it may be around me. I don't have to invite it in. I'm not having it come in my soul. I'm not having it come live inside of me. I'm going to sleep tonight. Whether that hurricane came or didn't, I was planning on sleeping anyway. You say, well, what happens if your house floods? Well, we'll get another one. What happens if Lisa leaves? Well, I'll just have to find somebody else. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, what, listen, I mean, I'm just telling you, the devil is constantly coming to you and saying, it's going to get bad. And you go, well, not in me, it's not. Not in me, it's not. You can't control what's going on in the Middle East, but you can sure control what's going on inside of you. So he hadn't given me a spirit of fear. I have power, love, a sound mind. If God is on my side, if God is for me, who could be against me? Now, this is going to take discipline from us now. We're going to have to be disciplined You're going to read Psalm 91 more than you've ever read Psalm 91. You're going to have to read Psalm 91 now. If you haven't been reading your Bible, you probably want to start now. You might want to read this scripture in in 2 Timothy every morning when you wake up and pull out on 440. He hadn't given me a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. Fear, you don't have any part of me. Because it's everywhere. All right. Proverbs 3, say, turn to your neighbor and say, I I think he's doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I needed you to say that. 3, Proverbs 3, 21. My son, let him not depart from your eyes. Keep wisdom and discretion. Their life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. You'll not be afraid of sudden what? terror nor trouble from the wicked when it comes the Lord will be your confidence and keep your foot from being caught you know one of my favorite stories in the Bible is you remember when they came to get Peter and and Peter denied knowing Jesus even in front of a little girl y'all remember that and he even cussed I know none of y'all have ever cussed but we see that later Later, they came and arrested Peter. Jesus went and got Peter. He realized that Jesus' love for him was greater than all of the problems he would ever face. So later, they came and got him, and they said, we're going to kill you in the morning. He said, well, if I live, I need a good night's sleep. I got to go preach. And if I die, I want to be rested for it, so I'm going to bed. I love that story 
because I read it sometimes when I go to bed and things aren't going so well, and I say, if they're going to kill him and he's going to sleep, I'm going to be fine. You know, we have to stop and start getting things in perspective. The worst day of your life, you're going to heaven. That's your worst day. So someone says, I'm going to kill you, and you go, woo! (laughs) Hallelujah! (laughs) Be home in a minute, Jesus. Have the manna burgers up there on the grill in my mansion. I'm ready to, you know. Listen, out of all the people on the earth, if there's anybody should be at peace, it should be us. We're here they don't know we saved their beach houses. I don't want to be here when the church is gone because who's going to take authority over hurricanes? <laughs> they want you gone. Someday we're going to give it to them. We'll be back in seven years. Just listen to me. You're going to wish we were here. All right, let's look at another one. Is, is this all right? Yeah. See, see these, scriptures, these scriptures are in here for our benefit. Yes. Say, there's no turmoil in me. There's no fear in me. All right. Psalm 91. Come on, guys. Uh, you said, I read that before. I don't care. I'm, gonna, I'm a thinking you're going to read that a lot in the days ahead. Am I right? If you're a police officer, you should read this every day. If you're in the military, you should read this every day. If you are going to high school, you should read it twice a day. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Paul Youngie Cho sent boys to Nam out of his church. I've told you this before. How many of the boys from his church died? Not one. That's not luck. Every boy that went, he hooked a prayer warrior, and everyone that left came home. We're talking about a church of a million people. That's a lot of boys. All right, now let's talk Old Testament. David's army, how many men did he lose in battle? Not a one. Not one man. Folks, we have a covenant. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I'll condemn it and prove it to be wrong. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. He meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How can I be afraid knowing that? Are y'all getting this? I love the story. I love American history. And my, my poor little wife, I, I just love her to pieces. We just got back from Maine. And she had so much fun eating lobster every morning, every night, and every afternoon. I think Lisa's a mermaid. I really think she's a mermaid. Every time we go anywhere, she eats fish or lobster or crab cakes. I'm always looking for a, a, a steakhouse. So she asked me, did I want to come back? And I said, not unless I can go to New Hampshire, Concord, Lexington. And I, want, I, I love American history. 
I love history, period. I'm a history buff. If I'm not reading my Bible, I'm reading something so about history. So I love the story of the, of, uh, of the uh, American Revolution where they were going to Concord and the British decided they're going to take all their guns away from them. And they met them up there and told them, no, you're not. So having said all of that, George Washington, because he was a general, the Indians during a war said, kill Washington. And they took men, the best sharpshooters they had, and they decided they're going to shoot at only Washington. And they had, they had men during the whole battle. Now, I understand he's on a horse. He's riding out in front of everybody. And he's got the best of the best shooting at him. When he gets off his horse and he takes off his coat, it's full of musket balls. This is a true story. I mean, he opens it up and he's got enough lead in there to, to, to load up and go out and fight again. You just got to change the caliber. Some of y'all need to get a clue. The Indians came to him years later and said, we want to meet the man that's God is so powerful that he cannot die. You think about this. They're shooting at him. And the balls are hitting him. And he has no Kevlar on. But he has Psalm 91 on. Do you have a problem? You really don't have a problem. Amen. Now I'm going to read it. I got more stories. I mean, I got tons of stories. But we should read the Bible. He who dwells in the secret place, say me shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God and you I trust. Surely you will deliver me from the snare of the fowler because Satan's got a snare for you. You need to get into God because it's not that God is doing wrong to you. It's just that if you get out of his will, there's a snare set for you. You have someone gunning for you. The snare, the fowler, and the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the bullet by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand people may drop stone cold dead at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it isn't even coming near me. That's a war. That's a war. That's not even a popka. That's a literal war going on. How is it some men walk into a battle and walk out? Other men walk in and don't go home. Listen, listen, you said, well, they, they were Christians, they loved the Lord. Yeah, but were they walking, were they standing on their covenant? You have a covenant. God cannot answer a prayer you're not asking. He cannot in, enforce something you're not asking him to enforce. He's sitting at the right hand of God waiting to hear what you have to say about your circumstances. If you say, I'm going under, he has nothing to work with. If you say, all hell is breaking loose, he has nothing to work with. You understand Satan is working overtime to get you into conflict? 
to get you out of the will of God, to get you in conflict. If there's a conflict, you got to stop it inside. Joyce Myers wrote a book years ago called The Battlefield of the Mind. The greatest wars you'll ever fight are going to be in your head. And you got, you got to stop them there. No one is standing between you and victory. Do you believe that? Well, then you don't have a reason to get all torqued. Let's say it again. No one on this planet. Oh, I didn't say they weren't trying. I didn't say Satan wasn't using people. Because he's going to use people. But the reason he's doing that is to get you into terror and to get you to get your eyes off of him and onto the problem. He wants you in conflict inside. The wars of the last day, Jesus said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And there's going to be conflict inside of nations. If anybody on the planet should be at peace, it should be you and I. That is your job assignment right now. You make sure before you do anything, you're at peace. That's a big deal, guys. If you're not, don't do anything until you get there. You get your Bible out and you get the blood of Jesus and you get it on you. You get it on your heart. You get it on your mind. You get your life. Whatever, whatever is going on inside of you, whatever war is waging, you deal with that thing. You get the word out and you deal with that. If you think your spouse is the problem, I mean, if you're fighting at home like cats and dogs, you have a war going on inside of you. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I didn't mean for y'all of y'all to go stone cold dead quiet on me. All of y'all went, whoo. Woo, hit a nerve there, glory to God. Listen, Lisa and I don't fight. I finally got her straightened out. (laughs) Somebody's going, we just don't know if we believe that. You think it was both ways? Probably was. Let's go to Luke 21. Learning anything? Yeah, we're living in the last days, but it's okay. Matter of fact, it's kind of exciting. Jesus is coming back. Now, you want to mess up a sinner? Look at him and go, Jesus is coming back. And they'll go. I was talking to a guy one day in the, at IDPA, and I, I tell you who it was. It was Ross. I just looked at him, and I said, Jesus will be back soon. He went, how soon? <laughs> it scare people out of their ever-loving mind. Oh, how soon? <laughs> Real soon, buddy. I mean, before you get through with this match. No, but he is coming back soon. He is coming back very, very soon. And I think it's something we need to really start thinking about. Are you ready? All right, Luke 21, 25. 
There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth, distress of nations, perplexity and the sea and waves roaring. Men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of things that are coming on the earth. And the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Now listen to me very carefully. There is coming a nuclear war. I think it would be good not to be here. Everybody vote. I vote. Everybody, let's vote. Everybody vote to leave. Get us out of here, Jesus. Now, now he told, (laughs) we know it's coming, but we don't need to be afraid because we're not going to be here. Now, here's a scripture that messes me up. It'll mess you up when I tell you. I have studied and studied and studied when Jesus is coming back. I have studied it so much that my brain hurt. Until I got to the scripture that says, it's coming in a day you think not. (laughs) All of my studying was worthless. (laughs) That means whatever day I thought he was coming, it ain't that day. And I'm going, okay, that means get ready. I told this story last week. It was about a, a preacher who had a vision of the rapture. His grandson had the exact same vision of the rapture. Some of y'all may have seen it. it was, maybe it was on Justin. Maybe he put it on Facebook. He probably did. Justin is one that takes all that, puts all of it on Facebook. And um, then this other lady came up and talked to him in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she had it. He's in his 60s, and he'll be in it. How soon do you think this is? Honey, it's soon. But you ought to be glad you two got married. Yep. <laughs> and you better hurry up. <laughs> Matter of fact, if y'all going to have babies, let's get started. Let's go. We need some babies in this church. How many of y'all know we need some kids in the nursery in this church? Justin, what are you clapping for? We need some babies in this nursery. <laughs> We're going to have a revival in this church. (laughs) Verse 27. And then you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory. When you see these things begin, we've seen them begin. What did he say next? Look where? Up. Not look at it. Not look at it. Now, now listen to me very carefully. This is Satan's, this is Satan's strategy. See the hurricane? Look at that. You see the war? Look at that. You see what's going on in the nation? Look at that. You hear it every day on your phone. Every day. I delete 30 to 40 to 50 people wanting me to get involved in what's happening in Washington and how bad it is. No. Am I praying? Yes. Am I looking at it? No. 
I can't fix that. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I've got my mask on, and I hope you get yours on. But I'm looking up. I'm walking outside going, and soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. I went to a church in Tulsa that was half black, half white with a black worship leader. Y'all white folks need to go to black churches and go to worship services. We would sing one song for one half hour. <laughs> All the white folk are looking at me going, what? I mean, when a black worship leader gets on Andre, we, the, the pastor can sit down because we ain't doing nothing till we get off of Andre. And I remember singing soon and very soon, almost all morning. And then we sang the second song. We didn't go to church to go home. We went to church to stay, baby. And I mean, we worshiped there. I mean, we had some times in Jesus. Woo! Say, say every church needs black folk in it. Come on, black folk. Y'all need to help me out a little bit. Y'all need to help me out a little bit. Now, I'm white. But I like pepper on my eggs. <laughs> I like spice. Now, while we're on it, let's talk about the Puerto Ricans a little bit. You know, Mexicans are spicy. I mean, they eat, they eat hot stuff. I mean, they hot. But you don't know if you want to marry one of them because it's pretty rough. I mean, they can get a house can get hot, man. The temperature can go up, you know. But they spicy. Now, white folks like grits with no butter and no nothing on it. Just like eating grits. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to eat pepper by itself and you don't want to eat butter so you got to have the grits you got to have white folk around I mean you got to fill up the building with somebody come on y'all lighten up a little bit they, we got a conflict going on in here now and somebody wanting to kill somebody <laughs> how many of you know God made us all different for a reason amen but I'm being serious about white folk and black folk in worship. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You, you get in one of their, don't go, don't, don't, don't put nothing on the oven when you go. <laughs> It'll be a burnt offering when you get home because they're going to have church. Now I'm saying all that because I'm trying to get you black folk to help us out a little bit. Just help us out a little bit. Come on. Whoa, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Scare a white person out of their mind. You know, just jump up and holler every once in a while. It's true anyway. I went to a church in Wisconsin. Have anybody here from Wisconsin? They don't say nothing. I preached in a church. They didn't even smile. 
I'm up there preaching my heart out and everybody's going. (laughs) And on the way out, they went, nice sermon. (laughs) I couldn't wait to get home. (laughs) And they said they liked it, I guess. Too many milk curds up there, I guess. They all stopped up. I don't know what's. I got, I got myself in so much trouble now. I got to get out of this mess. All right, go to Philippians chapter 4. You can't, do, you, can't, you can't end a sermon without Philippians chapter 4. No, but that is right. I, I love to listen to Andre Crouch. I love to sing that song soon because it is soon. I mean, it's sooner now than it's ever been. And things are going to change. We are the generation. Yes. How do we know it? Well, the signs are there. Yes, that's true. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in what? The Lord. the Lord. Not anything else. Always. And again. I said it once. I'm saying it twice. Again. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. He's coming back. He'll be back here soon. Be anxious about nothing. How much? Absolutely nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the what of God? The peace. The peace of God will rule your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Folks, listen, I'm about done with this sermon, but listen to me. The conflicts have to end here today in us. They've got to come to an end. You can't keep going home and creating conflict at the house because you've got something going on between you and God. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep running around mad all the time, guys. You can't keep staying. Don't stay mad anymore. Nobody is stopping you from your destiny but you. The only person to stop you is you. If you'll, if you'll submit to God, he'll take you where you need to go. Yes. And there's no reason to fight. I know that's a, big, that's, that's a big deal, guys. If there's one thing I think goes on in churches, is, is too much is conflict inside. They said this and they said that and they did this and they did that. Who cares? I tell people that talk about me, I am so glad you are laying off of everyone else. (laughs) You're not going to stop it. Thank you. Why are you all bent out of shape over it? Why are you bent out of shape? Why are you upset? Why are you mad? Who's, who's in your way? Nobody. Now, I didn't say there's not. I didn't say that everything at home is good. But it's never going to be good until you get good. Only one you can fix you. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching real good. I got some people. Uh, you're the one I'm talking to. 
Anybody in here had an internal conflict this week at all? Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be talking to you right now. Turn back and say, no, I think you're talking to you. <laughs> so what is Satan doing? He's after you. He's after you. One of the biggest problems you're going to have in your life, and, and this is going to stop you, if you have ought against anybody. Now, why is that? The sickest I have ever been in my body has been because I was mad at someone else. And I was waiting on them to repent so I could be healed. And they didn't repent, but I got healed. Don't shout me down. I'm preaching real good right now. I don't even want to get off this for a few more minutes. The peace of God. If you're thinking on good things, the peace of God will rule in your mind. But now we, every day of your life, Satan's going, look at this. Look at this. Listen to this. Look at this. And you've got to go, no, you're not coming in the, my ear gate or my eye gate. No, I'm not thinking about you. No, I'm not thinking about you. I'm going to think on good things. I'm going to think good thoughts about them. I'm going to pray for them. And then I'm going to make sure I got my mask on. I'm going to make sure I'm at peace inside of me. And then I'm going to get up and leave the house. In the last days, the church is the one that's going to turn the world around. The greater one is in you for the conflict. He didn't put the greater one in you and tell you there wouldn't be a conflict. There's going to be a conflict. But you are master over conflicts because the, great, the one that got Jesus out of hell lives in you. And if he got Jesus out of hell, he can get you out of hell. That's why we're here. That's why he fills you with the Holy Ghost. That's who you are. The kingdom of God is right standing, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's me. I am a revival. You say, you waiting on one? I'm here. I've arrived. Now, does that mean I don't have struggles? Oh, yeah, I have struggles. And so will you. That doesn't mean there's not going to be, the devil's not going to try. You and I have to start getting ready. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You have got to take heed to that. Stop the trouble inside. Have you heard about the war? Yep, heard about it. What do you think? Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is coming back soon. Well, aren't you afraid of dying? Nope. I got time for one more story. I got time no matter what the clock says, but I got time. Wednesday night, I preached a, a sermon on, um, on, what did I preach on? What was the name of that sermon? Doctrines. The Doctrines, a boring title. The doctrines of justification by faith. But I talked about Wesley in there, John Wesley. 
And if anybody in here is from Methodist Church, you'll know who that is. John Wesley, on his way over to Georgia, was uh, an Anglican priest that was going to Georgia in order to do services in order to be right with God. He was not a born-again Christian. He was an Anglican priest on his way to hell. And when he got on the boat, the Moravians were there. The Moravians came out of Germany, and they came out from under the doctrine of Wesley, not of Wesley, but Luther, and they learned that the just live by faith, and they were born again. Now, on the boat, when the storms hit, the Moravians were singing. Wesley was not. He was crying. He would lock himself scared out of his mind that he was going to die. But he watched the Moravians, and even though he didn't agree with their doctrine, he could not hide from their life. They were at peace. So when the storm ended, he went down to meet them, and he said, were you not afraid? And the head said, of what? He said, of dying. He said, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm going to heaven. He said, were you not afraid for your wives and children? He said, well, why would they be afraid? They're going to heaven too. <laughs> it impacted him so much that later when he got back, he came to Georgia, failed, went back to England, went and found another Moravian, and he got born again because of the way they handled themselves and were full of peace and joy. I said this Wednesday night, listen to me. Nobody wants your God if he can't fix you. You can preach Jesus all you want to. But if you're falling apart every day, who wants him? When you're singing in the storm, they're watching you. They're watching you at work. They're watching you at home. Your kids are watching you. I don't want your God, mom, and dad. It ain't helped y'all. I'm going to sneak up. Y'all didn't know I could do that, did you? I was a sinner. Father God, we love you with all of our hearts. I've come in here today in the middle of this church and room full of people who love you. They're Christians. They love you. I'm assuming they're all saved. Father God, there's conflicts in the world that we're around, and you said there are, and you said there's more coming. I pray if I see anything, it would be that we learn today to deal with what's happening inside. When we walk out of this room today, if there's someone in this room dealing with conflict, I'm asking you to give them the grace to leave that here. Leave it right here. And don't take it home. Your family's not coming around because you fuss with them. Father, every person in this room that's, that's not at peace with you, I, I pray that they would come to peace with you. And the ones of us that are mature... 
and walking with you. Help us to help others get their mask on and to be ready for the days that are ahead. And Father, we thank you that no matter what happens in this nation and on this earth, you've got this. You've got our back. You meet every need. You watch over us. We have a destiny and we will reach it because our faith is in you. And we walk out of here today, count it all joy. And we choose to say to you, devil, I will not fear what I see happening in this earth in Jesus' name. Say this, I will not fear what I see. My faith is in God. Amen, amen, amen.